This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too. Go to patreon.com slash jacksgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners to this episode 112 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And of course, George is here with us. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we'll review the new cinematic entry in the Ghostbusters franchise, discover a creative light source for your next outdoor gathering, and run down some crazy good deals on games to get you through the holidays. Before we get into any of that and more, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. Uh, this time around, not an email. We've mentioned before, sometimes we get these from Discord, sometimes Facebook. This is another one that's a comment on a article on our website, genxgrownup.com. Oh, nice. uh, this time around, Noah P. dropped us a line, and he's referring all the way back. He's going through the back catalog. He's <laughs> referring to the Lunchboxes backtrack. You guys remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Mo still is a little bit uh, shell-shocked over that one because he doesn't, <laughs> never had Lunchboxes. I know. It's, 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 it's like, it blows me away. <laughs> Like, oh my God, these were a thing? Yeah, they were. Uh, so Noah writes and says, I've owned three lunchboxes in my childhood in the late 70s and early 80s. My favorite and last was a Masters of the Universe complete with flippin' sip thermos I picked out myself <laughs> at the store. <laughs> Do you remember the flippin' sip thermos? You know what I'm talking about I there? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, they had the little like it was almost like a straw but it was a short little nub that would flip yes, up yes exactly yeah. that's right yeah uh, a little flip up nub again again but was out of the loop on no thermos and, you know I'm all lunchboxes you don't know <laughs> well Noah says flip and sip could be used in three ways number one drink from the spout itself yep number two pour spout into included screw on cup mm -hmm. or three use a straw from there yep it was very versatile it was the selling point <laughs> it saved you time at lunch from having to unscrew the thermos and pour it out that's <laughs> the yeah. only selling point Ooh. i can figure out <laughs> hours saved in your day from a screen yeah, thermos <laughs> No, it goes on to say, lunchboxes were the bling bling of the time. That slang wasn't even invented yet that I know of. <laughs> true, true. true. Yep. Uh, and then he references something that, George, you talked about. You remember saying that you were using your thermos as, as uh, gladiators on the playground? Uh, yeah, fighting I, mean, with I your remember thermos. doing it, not just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Noah says, using lunchboxes as weapons? WTF. I've never heard of that before. Unthinkable. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought of it. So you And did it. <laughs> and carried out the thought. Yeah. They, you fill them with rocks or is that, is, is that? No. Yeah. Do? No. Napalm, okay. I mean, what, how's that work? <laughs> they're, they, they swing much faster and do more damage if they're empty. Oh, oh. I see. And they make it let clang noise. Yeah. It resonates so well. That's a better. And less likely to a concussion too that way. So it's a plus plus all around. <laughs> if you're concerned about that, if you're swinging lunchboxes, you probably don't care. You probably don't care. <laughs> well, Noah wraps it up and says, thanks for the nostalgia, Noah. Cool. Thanks, nice. Noah. 
That's great. Appreciate your writing in. Yep. And before we get out of this segment into the body of the show, let's just from the it's never too late department. You guys know Uno Clay, longtime listener and supporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. He just dropped us an iTunes review. Hey. Oh, it just goes wow. to show you, you could be listening for years. It's never too late to jump on iTunes and drop <laughs> us a review. Uh, and he did. He dropped it. And I want to share that review with you guys. It was over on Apple Podcasts. It's a five-star review. Thanks, Uno okay, Clay. Okay, awesome. The uh, subject of it was an excellent fun podcast full of great vibes. Oh, thanks. Oh, wow. Great title. He says, the best thing about this podcast, and I listen to many, is that the hosts are genuinely nice, friendly people with good attitudes and pleasant demeanors. Who the hell is he talking about? (laughs) That's not me at all. (laughs) He's talking about Mo. It's mostly Mo. (laughs) Their mix of dorky 40-something jokes and relaxed banter is well-balanced against their knowledge and research. They don't fall prey to the same snarkiness or tired attempts to be funny that plague so many podcasts. They just seem like kind, funny guys hanging out and rambling on a wide variety of topics. Fun and recommended. He got one word right in that whole description, rambling. We're definitely... (laughs) Yeah, that's the only... Part. I like, that could almost be like a tagline for us, couldn't it? You know, <laughs> you guys hanging out and rambling. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that fits. Yeah, thank you, Uno Clay. We That's a very kind review. We appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah, if, you, if you are listening, maybe listen for years, have reviewed yet, swing on by iTunes or wherever the heck you listen. Drop us a review. It helps folks find us. Uh, and of course, fourth listener email. We really appreciate you, Noah, and every time the fourth listener writes in. If you want your email featured here on the show, you know how easy it is. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one of them, and most of them eventually make the show. All right. With that good business behind us, it is time to jump into the body of this show right after the break. Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. McGruff the crime dog here. Tony shouldn't walk home without his friends because teenagers are the victims of violent crimes by strangers over 2,000 times a day. What are you doing? Walking off by yourself. Learn to protect yourself and your friends. Find out more. Write to McGruff, the crime dog, and help take a bite out of crime. It is time to get the ball rolling, talking about media. We have been checking out since the last time we spoke. Could be comics or movies or music or television or whatever it may be. And I'm going to get the ball rolling with something I was looking forward to the last time we spoke. Hell, I think we were all looking forward (laughs) to that. And it is the new Ghostbusters film, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. Uh, just came out, what, uh, two weeks ago or so. We just had a backtrack all about the history of Ghostbusters. It was uh, leading up to Afterlife. So first of all, brand new film, no spoilers here. Just so I've seen it. Mo, I know you've seen it. Yep. George, you get a chance to get out and see it yet? No, actually, I'm going to see it tonight after the podcast recording. Oh, all right. Cool. Okay. We have something to look forward to. Well, we're not going to spoil anything for you, yep. uh, but we I do want to talk a little bit about it. So, you know, one thing that you set up at the beginning, George, was that you had said, hey, this looks like a d- very different film or not even a Ghostbusters film. It looked like a drama mm-hmm. as opposed to a comedy. Yeah. When we were talking about it on the backtrack, to me, exactly. it, it yep. plays a lot more like a Marvel drama than it does an 80s comedy. Mm-hmm. And 
I think in large part, you are right. It is more like a dramatic film. Yeah. But I remember saying at the end or watching the ending credits and I'm sitting there and I'm like, for a dramatic film, that's the most I've laughed at a drama film in ever. Yeah. There's so many really funny moments oh, okay. in there. Yeah. And it wasn't like the slapsticky 80s versions no, comedy. It was, no. it was But let me tell you, there were t- I was just dying. I mean, there was some really, really funny scenes. Mm-hmm. So there were yep. no, this man has no dick jokes? There were some really good one-liner jokes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them play on the fact that the granddaughter of Spengler, who is the the, the daughter in the, you know, the, the young amazing, girl in the film, <laughs> who's great. Is, is yeah. that McKenna Grace? Is that her name? I think I so. Think? That sounds right. She embodied that kind of Spengler vibe. And a lot of the running gag that you'll see when you, when you see the film is that she is very awkward, just yeah. like her grandfather was. And so she tries to be funny by telling jokes that often flop in a glorious way. Oh, right. They're like the <laughs> ultimate dad jokes. I mean, they are just, yeah. Oh. yeah. It, it's her defense mechanism in any situation. But I laughed every single time she said one, though. Yeah. 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 Even if they're bad jokes, she delivers them so well. So first, let me talk about my thoughts about the film that I thought were good. I enjoyed it all the way through. The part that I think most people are dying to see, which is you know a, a direct connection. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think it's any secret at this point that many of the original cast members make an appearance in this film. That does happen, but when it happens, it doesn't feel to me like it was absolutely required. They were doing such a good job throughout the film to sprinkle in a bits of the mythology, to connect itself back to the original film. Yeah, it was definitely connected to the first film, like from the start. It, I mean, so well, yeah, so well. Absolutely. But when you get to the part where they have the direct connection with some appearance of actors that it's fun, but it almost feels like that could have been the after credits scene. I mean, it couldn't have been in the, in the context of the story, but it, that wasn't required to make the film whole. Yeah. And to that end, I think that's a compliment to the film that that thing that I think most people are dying to see was not what they built the entire film upon. It wasn't just, hey, we're going <laughs> to, we have some actors we're going to reuse and we're going to build a movie on that. They built a movie on their own. I feel like yeah. before they even knew they were going to get other actors to come back and reprise any roles. And also, I feel like they were trying to build a story they could continue beyond this film if they wanted to. This doesn't feel like the capper. It feels like, you know, we've kind of taken care of one major thing that started in Ghostbusters 1, but it has not totally wrapped up all the ghost busting at all. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think it it almost seems like it's like a passing of the guard kind of movie in a way. Mm -hmm. But I do see what you, I didn't think about it until you said it, but I do kind of see what you mean about that. We finally see the original actors it being kind of unnecessary. I have a feeling a lot of that was to set up a particular shot absolutely you know, oh, of course you know what i'm talking about i'm sure <laughs> oh, yeah, i, I sure. don't want to spoiler yeah, yeah, yeah. but it seems like that, all that was the build up to a particular shot which was amazing it was it was it was mm-hmm. like, very 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 cool but if that wasn't in the movie i think i, I don't think i would have missed it still a strong film still it, yeah, a strong I, film. I think it was still yeah. a strong film i mean i just yeah. i just really enjoyed it. i think the kid from stranger things who was in it oh finn uh, wolfhard yeah like he was a, a major minor character i don't know how to quite put his role like he was in it a lot but he did such a great job though i mean he he definitely played that he plays that teenager thing just really, really well. And, and, you know, speaking of that, not because Finn Wolfhard is in it, but I think, George, when you get to see this, think about this in the back of your mind. It did have a very Stranger Things tone to it mm. where it's serious, but it's fun. Yeah. In much of the way Stranger Things is. There, there are big things going on, but they're all having a good time in it. And that's, and that's I think, that would feel a little Stranger Thingsy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah I mean, right up until the Demogorgon comes around and eats your oh, friend. Yeah. Up until I mean, that point. Exactly. Yes, yes. Right, yeah. right. Up until that point, it's fine. Those sorts of things happen too. Yeah, they yeah. do. 
one more thing I'll say before I get my rating is that there is a mid credits and an end credit scene. Mm-hmm. Don't haul ass early. Okay. Stay. You yeah. want to see all that good stuff. So, uh, so I'm going to start probably with the uh, with the George your AMC ratings list, <laughs> which is what, five five dollar Tuesday or full price or AMC A list or whatever. Five dollar Tuesday and full price. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Uh, I would pay full price for this. I think it was a, a really good film. Is I don't think it's going to be what everybody wanted, but it, it is enough that it ought to satisfy people that actually yeah. love Ghostbusters and aren't looking for something to nitpick. I think you can nitpick anything, but it oh, was yeah, great. For sure. And I would probably give it, I think, like four tokens out of five. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a very strong four token movie. Yeah. I'm eager to go see it again, actually. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. With that. I definitely would make this a full price. That was okay. Honestly, a lot of it was, I felt like this was more the movie I wanted on the first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I didn't want to reboot from the very beginning with basically kind of copying the same thing with different people. Mm-hmm. I wanted like a new story with ties to the original story, which I think they did a really good job with that, by the way. Yep, agreed. And one of the things I want to say, though, I think one thing they did, which I thought was really cool, was how they kept the special effects were modern, but still gave you but that But they looked like the, the original effects. They yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, like the proton pack beams and everything. Yeah, exactly. Even though what they used to do was like drawing light on the film. This was done with the digital work, but it actually looked and it looked like it fit. Yeah, it definitely it did. did. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally agree with your ratings too on that one. So yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Looking forward to seeing it again myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth, you should see it if you are a fan of the originals. I think you'll dig it. Uh, so George, I want to turn to you. You also had something you were looking forward to. I did. What did you check out? As many of the items on this list, they're usually things that I'm looking forward to because I'm trying to clear them off just in case. Um, I don't want anybody to say that I recommended looking forward to something and not having gone to see it myself. So God forbid. I went to go see Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah, yeah, very curious about this. Many Mm -hmm. people might know there have been a plethora of Resident Evil films starring Mila Jovovich Mm -hmm. and her, uh, I guess her husband or boyfriend is the director of almost all of those films. But anyway, this is definitely not any of those. <laughs> so <laughs> first of all, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I ended up accidentally seeing the on-screen subtitle version of the film just because I really? picked it for the time <laughs> and didn't realize which one I was picking in my app. Oh, so that was slightly distracting for the first four or five minutes. But once I got used to it, you know, just like watching anything else, you just kind of tune it out a little bit. Yeah. This was a film that I imagine somebody in the 90s would have made of this video game. Oh, really? Hmm. In that they were definitely just taking all of their atmosphere cues from the game. Oh, and they were introducing you to all of the Resident Evil characters in this one film, as opposed to the Mila Jovovich films, which were mainly centered on her character alone Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm, some other characters scattered throughout the other films that they did. But that first Resident Evil movie that she did, it was mainly just her. Yeah, yeah. So you have Chris and Claire Redfield in this one. You have the Valentine, Jill Valentine. You have that character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, You have Weskler. You have um, uh, all just a plethora of different characters in the film. It's a slow-moving film at first. For a Resident Evil, okay. Yeah, but that's not unlike the video game. I mean, if you, you know, the very first video game, it's kind of a slow methodical build to the mm-hmm. tension, right? Methodical it is a good, hit good you. descriptor. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't hit you right at the beginning. Uh, and that's the way this film is. I'm not going to say, though, that they completely executed the back half of that tension. So, you know, like we talked about in the Horror Debates podcast, when you stretch out that rubber band of tension, you need something to snap it back in order right. for it to right. really right. 
solidify itself in your memory. It's the payoff, the release. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't I don't think they did that well with this film. Oh, that's a shame. There's some very interesting plot points in the film. Uh, there's some great actors in the film that do a tremendous job with their roles. I think maybe this was just written, like I said, in the 90s. I don't feel like this was <laughs> modern at all. I can see, uh, especially, um, John, you talked about mid-credits and end-credits. They definitely mm -hmm. had some end-credits in this one that set up a possible sequel. Uh -huh. yeah, of course. That I don't know that I'm that invested to go see it. And mm -hmm. I love the Resident Evil movies mm -hmm. before. Yeah, you were very looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. So one thing, George, I'm curious about, like the one of the reasons why I liked the original series that they did was like it was the video game, but they didn't try to be the video game. Mm -hmm. The original movies, you know what I mean? This one looked more like the video game. This one is very much like the video game. I think yeah. you say like a 90s thing, what was going through my head was how they tried to make a movie that replicated the video game rather than trying to create their own thing. There's a, a set of scenes in a particular location in this film that you would swear somebody probably was thinking of when they were designing some of the video games in the Resident Evil series. Okay. I mean, just the way that the characters are moving Moving through this location and the things that happen on screen and the lighting, because we all know the Resident Evil series, the lighting is a huge part yeah. of the whole flash scare of those horror video games right. from that era, right? John, you remember that game Fear that they oh, had yes, way of back then? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil and a whole bunch of those games mm -hmm. where it's just like the little momentary flashes of horror out of the corner of your eye kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Lots of darkness, a flashlight that doesn't work very well. And exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like... You know, I don't know. I've shot guns many a times having been in the military and whatnot. And I know, John, you've been to at least one shooting range, if I remember mm -hmm. right. Oh, yeah, sure. If you're yep. ever holding a flashlight on a gun, there's no point where the flashlight sinks with the pull of your trigger. The flashlight is always on. Right. Oh, I see. And when you pull the trigger, <laughs> bullets go out. But in this movie, <laughs> every time you pull the trigger, the flashlight pops on and then pops off. I'm like, what? How does that help in any situation? I know the effect you're talking about, right? It's like the strobe effect. You can exactly. just use it in your shot. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's an okay film. It's It has its merits. On my AMC list, this is more in the free zone. If you have a list and you have a Ooh, slot open, aim, yeah, 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 it's. I don't know that I would be comfortable paying five dollars even for it. Mm -hmm. It's on the borderline, but I think it's more in the A plus list. So okay, gotcha. Well, cool. I was interested in the other thing that Mo was looking forward to, and mm -hmm. I haven't oh, seen yeah. it yet. So I want to hear Mo's oh. report all about his TV series that he wants to talk about. Oh yeah, it's a uh, another <laughs> another Netflix show. It's Cowboy Bebop. They actually did a live action version of this classic anime from the 80s. Mm -hmm. I remember you mentioned this last show and both you and George were very apprehensive about what they might do with this. So I don't know about anybody else. I really liked it. Oh, wow. really? It surprised me. Okay. It's definitely like they took similar storylines from the original anime and this series actually kind of go more into Spike's background and where he actually came from and all that stuff, which the anime series didn't do as much. Like he was kind of, his background was always kind of mysterious. Sure. John Cho, who I thought was an odd choice because... And nothing that Wait, John Cho plays Spike? He plays Spike. Wow. He's like older, one. Uh, Spike was always like a younger guy. Let me tell you, he pulls it off. He does a really, really good job. Does the character play young or does the character play old? He plays, I think, 30s. I think a little older than the anime version. but Yeah, because the anime was mid-20s, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I guess. Yeah, he plays a little hmm. bit older, but it, it works. Huh. 
Okay. Surprising. The guy who they got plays Jet Black, great actor. I mean, he had like the humor. It reminded me so much of the original anime. I was actually kind of surprised. Wow. Well, now I'm going to go watch it. I would say I was waiting until you talked about it before I decided. Yeah. And I asked him, even asked my daughter, she saw it too. And she said, wow, she says, that was really good. I'm like, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> now, I'm actually totally in the dark on what Cowboy Bebop is. So I, I probably am not the only one. You guys uh, are clearly experts. And so you're kind of, you have this code and you're like, oh, Sky Black and Jet and all these. I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's like, do you like, like, a, like a 60 second overview of what it is or why I might be interested? It's clearly yeah. well done, but what is it? Yeah. So the real short version is that uh, the main character's name is Spike Spiegler. You know, that's not his real name, but he changed it for some reason. He's a cowboy, which a cowboy is a bounty hunter and it's set in okay. the future right. kind of thing. So there's, we're flying different planets and, you know, there's laser guns and regular guns and all sorts of fun stuff. And they're like a group of bounty hunters and Spike Spiegler is one of them that they're always like on the edge of financial bankruptcy. <laughs> you know, like he's right. like, what's your dinner? Ramen. Oh, no money, huh? So they're always after the big, big score. And okay. it's, it's also very satirical in the way it does things like, hmm. you know, the bounty hunters, there's a lot of bounty hunters and they even have their own TV show, which they watch every now and then to get the, to see here are the big bounties for this week. And, you know, they have ratings, all that yeah. stuff. So it's a lot of humor. His background, again, is like one of these mysterious things, but he's like an amazing fighter. You know, you know that much about him. He just seems very just blah, but the characters around him are all very extreme, weird people. John, I'll hmm. I'll hook you well, into this one to get you okay. interested Uh-oh. in it. All right, Entry Vector. What this is a Space Odyssey ensemble cast very much in the same stylistic realm of a Firefly. Hmm, really? Yeah, I mean, in that huh. the characters all blend together to make you right. feel like they're all one thing. Like in yes. Firefly, oh, right. you, yeah, have you have the solid ensemble. You have the that, ensemble yeah. thing, but they all blend together that they're all part of Serenity, right? They're all yeah, part right. of that ship. And that's exactly huh. the same way I feel about Cowboy Bebop. It's wow. those characters all coming together to form almost uh, they're not a single entity but it kind of feels that way in a lot of the story arcs at least from the anime i haven't yeah. seen the live no, no, action it's, it's but... this one too like they're all like damaged yeah. people wow okay so they all have like that thing behind them that's driving them like some secret or some issue or something like that their characters have that thing where they flip back and forth john you know like mal sometimes he's very <laughs> sarcastic and funny and then other times he's like you will keep a civil tongue in that mouth or I will sew right. it shut type of Kennedy, demeanor, yeah. right? Yeah. That's gotcha. what you see in these characters as well. Yeah. And they actually did a good job of adding humor into it. Like the original one also had a lot of humorous parts yeah, and stuff. Definitely. So th- I was very excited. They definitely set up for a second season, which I'm mm-hmm. hoping, knock on wood, that this does well enough so that they get one. So you watched the whole season? I watched the whole season, yeah. Uh-huh. We burned it up. Oh, it's all available now. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's all available now. It came out about a week or so ago. And I watched a couple every day and I'm like, it kept me going, so. Definitely worth How long are the episodes? 30 minutes or an uh, hour? I think they're an hour. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're an hour episode. It's full on. That's wow. paying yeah, okay. some good respect into the original anime because it is. I think in this country, when we think cartoons, everybody automatically assumes 30 minutes or less. But mm-hmm. in yeah, Japan, right. the anime, oh, they yeah. can absolutely be the main focus of the TV night. So hour long animes is very yeah. common. But this one is actually a live action version. Live action of that version anime. of it. Gotcha. Yeah, and they, they said they pulled okay. it off. It was great. Well, now I might have to check it out. It was not even something I cared about. But those descriptions, <laughs> especially your your entry points, like it's kind of Firefly esque. I'm like, okay, you have my attention. Yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Oh. 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 Introducing O's. Oh, so loaded with good things. There's something in the middle of O's cereal that makes people say. Oh, wow. Whoa. There's something in the middle of O's cereal that makes people say. Oh. Oh. O's, new from Quaker. Loaded in the middle with good tasting things. Crispy oh. rice and honey. Before we get into like all our tech and toys, I think all three of us have something this time, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to just mention that we now have an Etsy store. Have you guys checked it out already? Hopefully you did. Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yes, I have, of course. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if you were asking us or the proverbial yeah. audience. I wasn't sure. Well, I'm hoping to get some, at least if I get you two, then like it's kind of like our fourth listener. Like, okay, two other people saw it. We just need yeah. a fourth <laughs> customer now. Just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we spent quite a bit of time getting it up and ready. And, and Mo, you're actually yeah. doing the running of it. Why don't you describe it? So these products are things that, John, you kind of talked about on previous podcasts where you had these picks bricks and you. You had yes. the which game was it that you did? They did all the models. Oh, Street for? Fighter had all the Street Fighter right. characters. We had Street Fighters, right. yeah, yeah. Those were sets Pixbricks made, right? But I ended up getting addicted to the idea of making pixelated characters from all kinds of games. And for those who don't know who Pixbricks are, imagine a Lego that's just a one by one, and you can connect mm-hmm. them side by side rather than like yeah. on top. Of yeah, each the other. sides connect instead of the tops and right. bottoms, right? Although yeah. they kind of look and like the tops, the tops and bottoms could connect, both, yeah, you right? Could do both, yeah. right? They're they're Lego compatible, even yeah, which is cool because they said they're Lego compatible, and then oh, the, and the things I you just make got ideas out of for them. new Pixar designs <laughs> right then. So yep. So John, I know you went through and designed like a whole bunch of these really cool ones, like from Adventure the Dragon, and we have like yep. the full Pac Man series, yep. and we have some Galaga. I mean, you bet. You know, yep. it's awesome. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's just genxgrownup.com slash Etsy, E-T-S-Y. Mm-hmm. So go there, see what we have. And they said, I think I, I built one as a test to kind of see how it was. And let me tell you, man, I had a, it was cool. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, they were fun to make. They were fun yeah. to set up. And I, I think people will enjoy setting them up. And we ship them as kits that you build yourself. It's right. not a finished mosaic. It's a kit with instructions, which makes it fun. And a nice gift. It's Christmas time. I hey, think, why not? Perfect stocking stuff first. Let's talk yeah, about that. And if, yeah. if there's one that we don't have up there, but it's something you'd like to see. I'm sure you could make a submission on our Discord channel, genxgrownup.com slash Discord. Yeah. And make a request and we could probably figure out how to put a kit together for you. Absolutely. got it. But the reason why I bring this up also is because this kind of ties into something that you're going to talk about, John, right? That's right. Yeah. So it's Lego-esque. It's Lego compatible. And the the thing that I started doing, you guys know, every time we go to a convention together, I go, I gravitate and buy these custom Lego minifigures. I love the different Uh minifigures, especially the ones that Lego would never put out you know <laughs> like one of well the bride from kill bill and she's blood spattered and has a katana you know or, <laughs> right. or the stay puffed marshmallow man you know i have all those cool little minifigures and up until now i have maybe 15 or 20 of them and i had some of that lego tape that's like the rubbery stretchy tape that has lego studs on it oh yeah that's what i got you from toys r us when they were closing yeah 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 and i bought even more of that <laughs> yeah yeah and so i had all of mine like above a door ledge stuck up there but i've been getting more and more every convention i go to 
who I buy more. Then over the Halloween time, I found somebody had like 40 or 50 horror themed ones. I'm talking Jigsaw. I'm talking Herbert West from wow. Reanimator. All these crazy ones. And I'm like, I bought them all. Now I have probably <laughs> 60 or 70 to display. It's a small army. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for a good way to display them because I think they're great. They're like pop vinyls in a way that like, how do we embody everything that is character is with the limited size and scope of a little minifigure? I think that's a really neat challenge that people mm-hmm. do. Anyway, I love them. The ledge above the door of my man cave is not going to do it anymore like it's way too many now <laughs> and i look people will make manufactured ones with led lights in them for hundreds of dollars and i'm like wow there's got to be a better way yeah absolutely got to be a cheaper way yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i went to the source of all inspiration uh, and that is ikea went walking around ikea <laughs> looking for like is there a little shelf is there a little cube because these you know those little minifigs are tiny like i don't need yeah. much space i don't need like a six inch deep shelf or anything so what i did finally find and here's what i'm currently building the really neat i found a really simple shelf at ikea that's called the sujig or something it's like t-j-u-s-i-g they're <laughs> yeah, all pronounced letters that should not be put together <laughs> yeah ever. they shouldn't yeah. go together right picture a one inch by one inch square extruded out to about oh maybe 20 inches long it's like a board but it's finished it's either black or white uh, and they're designed to have little hooks on the bottom but i'm not going to put the hooks on them the nice thing is i'm taking you know those minifig bases little three by fours with the studs across the middle that you get right. when you get minifigures mm-hmm. And I'm super gluing all the way across, just covering it with these little things. And what that's going to yield then is a shelf that will hold 18 minifigures on one of these little Ikea shelves with genuine Lego glued to the top. And now this can be hung on the wall. It's a free floating, you know, the screws are in the back and you can't see any of the, like a hook or an architecture hanging oh, it on right. the wall. It's a free floating little beam that has Lego on top, covered with my Lego minifigures to the point that I went to Ikea.com and ordered like five more of these little shelves. Oh, I'm like, I need more of them. <laughs> It's a little craft idea, though. But I mean, if you collect minifigures, you were just talking in uh, the backtrack, Mo, about, hey, you might get that Millennium Falcon and has all these different minifigures from, you know, the current and next. Those minifigs are something that, you know, you don't want to bury them inside of your Millennium Falcon. You want to show them off. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once you get them. So if you, if you have sets and you collect Lego and you're looking for a way to display them, this has been a really, really interesting and fun little craft project. And I use Pix Bricks to line them up, actually, because they're Lego <laughs> compliant. Glue them together and hang them on the wall. It's been a really cool little project. I'll, we'll put links down in the show notes, both oh, sure. to the Ikea uh, shelf that I got and also those little Lego bricks that you can stand minifigs on. So little craft nice. project for your cool. Lego you might like. If I get a chance, if I get them all done, I'll post a picture. I'll share it on Discord with you guys uh, when I get it all done. Yeah. Uh, Mo, how about you? You said we all had a tech toy and you yeah. have one that's uh, good for indoors and outdoors, maybe. Well, yeah. There's a company called Solite and I think they were on like one of these Dragon's Denish shows or something like that. Okay. And what they came out with was a solar panel light, LED light, that if you charge it during the day, it gives you eight to 12 hours of light from mm-hmm. this thing. Okay. And it's actually bright enough that you could read. Okay. And they come in these little collapsible cubes, I guess we call it. And then when you expand the cube, really, it's just to expand like the diffuser, basically is what you're doing. Like you make a little square diffuser, the lights are on the bottom and it just shoots out. So you have a nice source of light. Oh, so it's making it like a, like a lampshade or a lens kind of to, exactly. to pass the light around. Okay. And the, the cool thing is that there, there's no batteries at all. It's all just solar. They charge really fast. And the other thing is that as a company, they do a, like a lot of work. I mentioned like my girlfriend, she runs one of these children's charities and they offered like they gave her this awesome deal where she's like sending 
came to these other countries where they don't have electricity, so the kids can't study at night because there's no oh, light. Okay, like they have time to go to school, they have time to work during the day, but that's about it. So it's a way of giving them like an opportunity to continue reading at night, or at least get their homeworks done, or or just in general giving a family some source of light at night that's not a fire. <laughs> right, and they're like they're waterproof. They get take extreme temperatures. They have special prices for charities if you're doing the kind of thing you know every time you buy one like a certain percentage of that goes to making one for some other group you know a school or something like that oh it's a pretty neat little item i think is just really cool now i looked at the uh the amazon link that you're mm-hmm. putting in the show notes down there and did i see that these actually you could float them uh, yeah, like they float. in a pool like you could just put them on water yeah they're waterproof wow you can actually float them uh they, they said they get totally yeah. wet but yeah and even the light has like three different settings it has like bright not as bright and then like a flash in case you need something like for emergency signal or something like that. Ah, like a strobing kind of thing. Strobing okay. kind of thing. So the idea that it's like a socially conscious company and plus the fact that, you know, it's I always like seeing like when these dragon den things actually work. <laughs> you know, it actually Come to fruition and not just be, yeah, like yeah. a pipe dream. Like it was supposed to work. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to work. Now, have you used it outside yet? Have you, uh, what's your personal experience with it? Have you taken it out and charged it? And- <laughs> well, like I have one as part of my, like, my hurricane kit for my house. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. because you obviously you don't need electricity. You always have some light. I did try it at night just to see if I could actually read from it because I was like, really? Mm-hmm. This thing, how light? And sure enough, I left it on. It was on. It stayed bright for a good eight hours after Dang. charging for a okay. day, which I thought was pretty respectable. And it collapses down to like a pack that's like the size of a, you know, a little wider, but the same diameter as like a typical phone, like the disorder's depth. Like it, it collapses mm. down to like a very small package. Yeah. Easy to store. Easy Doesn't to store. Charging to have. anywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. So light. All right. So neat. light. Uh, George, what do you got for us today? Uh, heartache and misery sir awesome. um, <laughs> no. okay so so par for the course we got- yeah <laughs> well you guys know that i have recently been struggling with my twenty eight hundred dollar pc with its video card oh, and, oh and yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, yes, i yes, finally man. bit the bullet and sent it off which there was a lot of stress involved with the packing know, of that yeah. thing oh, and yeah. <laughs> every, because of the way the company talked and all. But but I didn't want to send it off until I had some way to still continue to use that PC because right. I use it for work. I work from home remotely two days of the week mm-hmm. and I need that PC in order to do my work at my job. And that was another thing that that company didn't seem to give a shit about. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I said, well, I got to figure out something. So I went looking everywhere for different, uh, like at first I was like, okay, let me just get a cheap GPU, like a hundred bucks or something like that. Right, well, that some little ex- video card. Right, that, plug in. It, yeah. it was too difficult to try and figure out which one would work with my motherboard and yeah, I see, all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to fool with that. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, a long time ago, I used to have this little display link USB device that I could plug into a USB port and it would give me an HDMI oh, right. out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I need more of those. So I went back and I looked on Amazon and sure enough, that same one was there, but it's older, you know, doesn't quite give the the resolution that I would like uh, for yeah, and it. If they're USB 2, it could be quite slow as well. Oh, yeah. like it, really, yeah, it can be yeah, a little yeah. slow. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting to play Mortal Kombat 11 on this mm-hmm. device, whatever I ended up with. Yeah. 
So I did find, though, that they had a newer, more updated version of the same thing. It's called the DisplayLink USB 3.0 to HDMI mm. 4K Ultra High D adapter. Yeah. <laughs> or ultra okay. High Def, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's a little metallic box. You plug it into the USB 3.0 port on your PC, and it gives you two HDMI outs. The difference it gives is... gives you two? Yeah. You get two on oh, this one. It's a oh, dual. I, I just woke up. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen one that more. There's just yeah. one. Okay. They have That's plenty cool. of them out there that have two really however most of them only give you a duplicate display oh, oh all right what's the point of that yeah Why, okay. you know i don't care i'm I not trying to show somebody maybe? else my work or something i'm yeah. trying to just i'm trying to have yep. two different monitors so uh this one though allows you just like with other gpus that you might expect you can have two distinct extended displays that's cool plug it into my usb 3.0 it had an extra uh usb for power so i plugged that mm-hmm. into its yep. power brick that it provided and it's up and working it was just click click done it was very simple smooth easy to put up i am getting ultra high def resolution and mm-hmm. i did notice that i tried to play a couple of steam games just to test its limits mm-hmm. sure it's not going to play something even as old as alan Wake, but i was able to play some of my other uh, less intensive video games and they were getting 30 to 60 frames per second nice so More like, like indie game kind of things that don't yeah. require big gpu sort of exactly. thing exactly yeah. cool wow i'll That's be pretty cool i mean i love usb3 i mean i think it's just the most amazing one that <laughs> it's so versatile com- yeah now i wanted usb C, but my $2,800 PC doesn't have USB-C. So at first I was looking for adapters for that and everything. And I said, you know what? No, I'm just going to get a USB 3.0. Yeah. And that's, that's what I went with. Now it's a little on the expensive side, but when you're talking about a $1,600 GPU that I've sent off, <laughs> yeah, right. $77 doesn't feel as bad. Uh, and there's a 5% coupon. I thought you were going to go over a hundred. Yeah. I thought so too. Actually, I was thinking no, that. it was 77. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. 77 bucks. So wow. <laughs> I highly recommend it. If I gave it a star rating, I would definitely give it four and a quarter, four and a half. The only reason why I can't give it five is because, like I said, I can't play top end games. It's not everything. It's not a full GPU, but by golly, that's that. And to have two that are actually not Mm -hmm. clone screens, but extended screens, that's a neat feature. Okay. Yeah. If nothing else, it'd be good to have that as just a backup. You know, like George, like you said, it's just. (laughs) What are the odds that your video card's going to fail? That never happens. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's very cool, though. Yeah, it's a solid piece of equipment. I'm happy I found it. Neat. All right. Link down in the show notes. Very cool. And DisplayLink, a good company too. I've had several things yeah. from them. So nice. Yeah. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Come on in, bring your appetite. Come on, do it.
Now try Ponderosa's Super Sirloin Dinner, a hand-cut, char-broiled sirloin steak dinner for just $4.99, including hot veggies at our unlimited soup and salad buffet. A complete Super Sirloin Dinner for just $4.99. Chicken seafood, char-broiled steak, make yourself at home for goodness This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! I am absolutely ready to talk about games because I can't play any right now as we just discussed. (laughs) You can live vicariously through us. You don't always have to play games on your PC. John, you've had a successful couple of videos on our YouTube channel recently. One of them about that little Atari 2600, which Marcus, thank you very much for being my favorite fourth listener and getting me one uh, recently. (laughs) (laughs) But there was another one of those that came out around about the same time that you've also done a video on. Yes. Yeah. Well, in fact, when they started hitting store shelves in North America, both the, the tiny Atari 2600 and this unit, I posted a quick video saying, hey, these are now out. And if you would like to see me review the other one, let me know. And lots of people were interested in it. (laughs) What it is, uh, it's not a tiny arcade, though it is arcade themed. So Super Impulse has this line called Boardwalk Arcade, which Mm -hmm. have things like whack-a-mole and stuff like that. You know, things that would be skee-ball, things that would be at the arcade, but they're not arcade machines, right? So the Boardwalk Arcade new item they came out with, believe it or not, is a Dance Dance Revolution machine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was really really curious on this one <laughs> so it's a tiny version so you're like well is it tiny enough that i can dance on where do my feet go you know that kind of thing. Uh, so, so i'll start by saying if you want to know more than we're going to talk about here we will throw a link down in the show notes to the the video i did did a video review of it it is you know maybe about oh eight or ten inches tall and it does have looks like a ddr machine right it has the the screen that would have the the music and the notes going by the arrows mm-hmm. and the deck where it has the you know the four arrows is designed has four buttons there that's for your fingers to do the dancing okay remember the yellow pages let your fingers do the walking right. well this is this is ddr <laughs> let your fingers do the dancing uh and it's so i reviewed it it's cute uh spoiler alert i wouldn't recommend it unless you you're either a big DDR fan or you just got to have all these tiny toy machines, which you know what? If you do, that's okay too. That's all right. What you're not going to get is the pure DDR experience playing this. It's, it looks nice. The audio samples in it remind me, somebody in a comment on the YouTube video said, that sounds like a hit clip. Do you remember the little hit clips that you could get that had like Britney Spears or somebody recording? It looks like a little box you clipped onto your belt and you push a button to play the sample of a song. Goofy little thing. (laughs) And it is so compressed. The sound is just really tinny. Uh, and it's a it's a rhythm music game. You want to be able to kind of, oh, I'm Absolutely. getting into the music. Like, man, I don't need a subwoofer or anything, but, you know, up the memory so you don't have to compress these things so hard. I had little complaints about, you know, the buttons were very clicky, which I love. But for this kind of game, I don't want to have to push hard to click down because I'm, I'm it's fast paced. I'm trying to click, it's you know, about timing, right? It is about timing. What I like more than anything about it is that it seemed like during the pandemic releases for these little tiny arcades had slowed or completely stopped like nothing else was coming out. But with the advent of the tiny Atari that we've talked about that was great and this DDR kind of boardwalk arcade unit, at least they're putting out new stuff for collectors, for people that are fans of arcades and that kind of thing. 
yeah. And so, you know, Mo, you said you were curious about it, interested. Yeah. In it. You saw my review. You know, yeah, I, I know you haven't put your hands on it yet. But what would what do you think of what you saw there? Is it would you agree that it's kind of not quite there? No, or? it's. I think it's just eye candy. I think it yeah, looks. Uh, it yeah, looks good. Kind of is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think your criticism and stuff, especially for the price, I expected more from yeah. what I saw. But of it's it. only like twenty under twenty five dollars. But still, eh. you kind of want a game you can really play and yeah, want to exactly. play again. You know, there's only three songs on it. Watching your review, it felt to me like it would only really appeal to a diehard Dance Dance Revolution fan, which I am not. I did enjoy mm-hmm. the game and I was never mm-hmm. good at it. I yeah, could I played it some. play one song and then, oh, you got to continue because you suck. And I would have to put in more money to play another <laughs> song. Yeah. Yep. But I think there are people that I used to watch in the arcades that were freaking DDR masters. I mean, oh, they I could just dance crazy. through everything. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there that bar that was behind them, which is on your little unit. They yes, would lean yeah. back against that, and just their feet would be moving like flailing you know, feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. just crazy, yeah. like the river dance folk or something. I mean, I, I think that type of person it would appeal to, just like a Galaga machine appeals to somebody like me who loved that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. In many ways, people say, why would you bother buying the tiny Pac-Man? You know, it doesn't play near as well. There are lots of other ways. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. It's a totem. It's a thing you can hold in your hand that reminds you of the thing that you love. So I think if you were a DDR fan, how poorly this game plays probably won't factor into whether or not you want it. It's cool. It's a a DDR you can put on your desk and it really does work. Is it perfect? Is it it great gameplay? No, but it does work and you can mess with it. Uh, So it's cute. Yeah, I think I give like two (laughs) tokens out of five, but it is nifty. Definitely take a look at the video if you have any interest in it. Uh, If nothing else, you can uh, see that I have an action figure that keeps trying to mess with it. So, (laughs) Uh, George, you've been talking about some deals that uh, people can find on games and going to the holidays are a lot of deals flying our way. There are a crazy amount of deals. Now, when this podcast drops, we will have just passed our Black Friday sales time here in America. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are listening in the States, you'll know that most of these deals have already ended. One of the big ones that just ended was the Steam Autumn Sale. And they had some great stuff. And the only reason why I want to talk about it is because I did pick up two games off my wish list on the Steam Auto Sale. John, that uh, loop game, what was it? Deathloop? Deathloop, yeah. Deathloop price. Did you pick it up? Half, Half price. price. Half. Yep. Man, if I would just wait a little bit. Oh, <laughs> man. Yep. I mean, I know you're the early adopter tester for us and everything, and so we get the benefit <laughs> of that, but I definitely benefited this time. I spent $30 on that one, so I what was a very bargain. happy. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. I think Mo got it when it was 10 bucks off, and now you got it at half price already. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I always say, Steam is always going to have those seasonal sales. I don't know if they oh, have yeah. four, one for each season, but they definitely have three because there's a winter, an autumn, and a summer. Yeah. I yeah. I think there's a spring as well, but sometimes I think there is yeah, yeah. A spring two show. months, three months, depending upon when your game came out. Patience. There's a good chance that you're <laughs> going to find it on that sale. So for the next one, the winter sale, which is usually one of the bigger ones, the winter and mm-hmm. summer are the two big mm-hmm. ones. I think you guys will find quite a few uh, games out there that you'll like. Now, you said you got two games. What's the second one that you got? Well, thank you so much for asking, John. I absolutely have no idea at this moment what was the second game that I bought. I can't remember, so thanks for putting me on the spot. You're welcome. There were a couple of different games that I was looking at. I had that Plague Inc., the new one out there that's the political mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah. 
I think I was going to buy the Back for Blood game, but I changed my mind. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. buy Is that, that on sale? One. Wow. It was on sale. It was uh, like 30% off. It was down to $40, yeah, I think, okay. something like yeah. that. Yeah. The other one I bought was another half price game, and it was something that had been on my wish list for a while. Okay. So All I right. think I might have bought the Back for Blood. I don't know. It just the Back for Blood had a lot of mixed reviews. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I'll just have to watch and see what you're playing, and then I'll know what you bought. Well, yeah. once I get my video card back, then we'll oh, figure right, it out. Yeah. <laughs> then you can play the games you bought, right? Yeah. But that's not the only uh, sale that's going on right now, as I was about to say before I was put on the spot so awkwardly <laughs> by my CEO here. Um, <laughs> I thought you know what you bought. <laughs> Dude, it was like three days ago. I don't it remember last night. It is the Steam night. sale after all. I can't remember what I bought the last now. Steam sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about it before. There's Humble Bundle. There's that Indie Game Daily Bundle site that I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those sites. It's called Fanatical. We've all bought stuff from there in the past. They're a really good site. They have some interesting bundles. One thing that they have going on right now that I bought a couple of on a previous bundle, uh, they have these mystery bundles. And I haven't seen that a lot at a lot of the different sites. Oh, really? I haven't heard of those. What you get is you can choose how many keys or how many games you would like to get. And you can go anywhere from one key to 10 keys. And you have no idea what the game is until you make the purchase and then you get to go claim your key. And that's when, when you click the button to redeem your key, that's when you figure out what game it is inside of Steam. You don't even see Ooh. on the Fanatical website. Ooh. Well, how uh, do you know you're boy. not just getting junk games? Yeah. Dumb. You don't know. <laughs> So that's the that's the Ooh. fun part of it. It's kind of like remember those little toys that we used to the little blind bag, little miniature yeah, toys, yeah. Walking mm-hmm. Dead, all those things that in the little cube. It's almost like that. Now none of the games are trash games that I've seen so far, but you do have the ability to get an indie game all the way up to a triple A game in these mystery mm-hmm. keys. Okay. Oh, hold on. So I'm looking at the link that you just gave us and that mm-hmm. is down in the show notes, of course. It's actually called the Very Positive Mystery Bundle. And they said that all the games will have been rated very positive on Steam. Yeah. So they're probably not junk. You take that what, what you will. I mean, they're probably yeah, good games, but you <laughs> yeah, don't know gotcha. until you play it if it's going to be for you. It might be very yeah. positive for the whole but world. But not for you. But, yeah. not but for at you. least it's well reviewed. Okay. Yeah. That is some confidence. <laughs> at least it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the great thing on this is the price. So if you buy one key, it's 99 cents. Or if you buy all the way up to 10 keys and you can buy anywhere in between, all the way up to 10 keys is $6.99. So it's a very affordable bundle. Okay. It's just like buying Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's like, I might get a couple I really like. It costs, I have to buy the deck, but the more you buy, the more likelihood you're going to get some gems. Well, but in this case, you can buy just one card. You don't have to buy the whole pack. Right, right. So, but you want to buy more because you're up to chances you're going to like something in there, right? Yeah. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. (laughs) It is. So, I, I think it's. It's a very fun little thing. Now, they have other bundles on that same website that are geared toward a specific developer, geared toward a game style, just like any yeah. of the other bundle sites. They also have a section just like Humble Bundle does where you can go and buy individual games on sale prices. And mm-hmm. their sale prices usually mirror the same ones that are on Steam. So I don't think they're giving you anything outside of their bundles that's worth not going through steam hmm. but i think these little mystery bundles they're fun you know that and you might can be buy as many of them dice. as you want you don't have to buy yeah, that's kind of cool you can buy a whole bunch of them. oh can i thank you oh no <laughs> now you're enabling me to buy more than 10 <laughs> yeah i mean think about it, though for 6.99 if you get one decent game that's pretty good. Yeah. If you get one good game for seven bucks, you're happy. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. And it's this is all at Fanatical. Fanatical. All right, yep. All right. Damn it. I'm going to go click on it. Yeah, me too. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> 
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Peter, you did a bang-up job. I'm putting you in charge of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I know it's perfect, Peter. That's why I picked Pittsburgh. We've collected some of the wackiest commercials you've ever seen and put them in our new VCR game, Commercial Crazies. They seem pretty normal to me. Peter, as I made, Bill Betty Bob, you pick a card to watch the commercials, you test your memory. Got it? Got it. Got it. Who gets sent to Pittsburgh? Peter, Paul, or Pat? Repeating, Peter, Paul, or Pat? Uh, Pat? Paul. Right. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Pete did a bang-up job. That's why I put Pete in charge of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Commercial Crazies VCR game. New from Mattel. Call me Pete, so I called him Pete. Before we wrap up the show this time around for episode 112, we'd like to take just a few minutes here uh, in the last segment to talk about the things we're either looking at currently or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, why don't we get started with you? What do you got on the horizon? Sure. So there's a new show on HBO that's coming on December 16th, I believe. It's called Station Eleven. It's not one of these post-apocalyptic, almost everyone's dead, people trying to survive kind of shows. Yeah, I've heard of Station <laughs> 1 through 10, but not Station 11. Not 11. Oh, okay. Well, 11 is <laughs> the only one that survived so far. So, you know, 1 through 10. Uh-huh. It's like Babylon 5. Yeah, Babylon 5. It's just like that, right? What happened to 4? So it's not my most looking forward to. That's why I'm just sort of mentioning it. But some of those are good. They're kind of hit or miss for me. So I'll probably watch the first couple, see how it goes. Station 11. Okay. Station 11. Also, Hawkeye dropped, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So the first two episodes dropped. Mm. Looking forward to kind of watching those. I started to watch the first one, but I, you know, Thanksgiving got in the way. So I'm definitely going to take mm. a step back and kind of watch those. They look interesting. It doesn't look like the show I thought it was going to be. So, you know, that's not necessarily good or bad. I keep seeing reviews that say it's almost almost like a show that should be on CW. Oh, really? Uh-oh. I saw that too. Like CW quality of drama. I saw as a right. headline somewhere, which Uh-oh. doesn't mean it's terrible because I mean, we enjoyed some stuff, the flash and arrow and Supergirl. Yeah. It's no, good I love a okay. lot of superhero shows on CW. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm most looking forward to is I believe it's the final season of the expanse is coming on. Mm-hmm. December 10th is going to drop the first episode. You know, I've talked about the show many, many times on here. I was so happy when they got canceled because and not happy they got canceled, but happy that Amazon picked it up. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> oh, my you show, I'm so happy they canceled that piece of crap. Screw that show. <laughs> Amazon was willing to pick up a couple more seasons of it. Right. Yeah. It's done really well on Amazon, which I'm kind of surprised that they're actually doing a final season. But again, I'm just happy that they were able to let the show kind of end on its own terms and not because of some corporate number race or something. You that's know? really satisfying. Yeah. When a show can just wrap it up the way it wants. That's right. good. Uh, no, not awesome. over the last episode, but over a whole season too. So mm-hmm. you know, they knew this was coming. Great. So they have plenty of opportunity to do that. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. So how about you, George? Yeah. So the first one up on my list, I am going to stake my claim on. I'm the only one who gets to look forward to this from now until the time it comes out. Plus a couple of weeks after that. Holy crap. <laughs> Cobra Kai season four, December 31st. <laughs> December 31st. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. That's some Dune caliber looking ahead right there. Yeah, really. Hey, if he can do it for Dune, I can do it for Cobra Kai. I'm the one who found this show. I'm the one you who first one. found out I'll about give you that it. One. This is my show. I'll give you that one to you. Okay. Wow. All three of my shows, as a matter of fact, are all on the same platform. They're all on Netflix. So Cobra Kai season four, December 31st. 
Then the last two, sadly, are also in their final season, just like The Expanse. The first one, Lost in Space, season three, final season, starts the day before this podcast drops, December 1st. Uh, I really enjoyed that series. I thought it was a great reimagining kind of in the Battlestar Galactica sense of a Mm -hmm, mm reimagining of a favorite series from my youth. Been awesome. And then, John, the thing I'm most looking forward to, November 25th, which actually came out a couple of days before we recorded this podcast. Okay. A show you turned me on to also on Netflix. F is for family. Is back. The final season is finally out. It's the final season also. I can't even finish this show. I need to go watch F is for family. I had no (laughs) idea it was out. I didn't either. Oh, I was like, sitting oh. at my computer looking up Black Friday kind of stuff, sales yeah, yeah. that were coming yeah, on, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I need to take a break. Let me click into Netflix. And I clicked into Netflix. F is for family up on my – I'm like, why is it putting F is for family up on my marquee? Because it's new. Wow. It's brand new, season five. I'm like, nice. oh, I don't have a red bar under that episode icon. It's new. Normally, yeah. I've watched it. <laughs> so <laughs> – that's what I'm most looking what forward to. What a great to. series. I'm so excited. Thank you for telling me that's out. That's absolutely <laughs> what I'm doing today. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so what I'm looking forward to, uh, there is a an animated series that we talked about maybe a year, a year or two ago, Crossing Swords. Oh, my God. They're doing a second season? The second season of that <laughs> oh is God. coming out on Hulu, December 10th. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, you remember? It looks like the little Fisher Price guys, yeah. little wooden guys with the plastic heads. They're doing stuff that no little Fisher Price They're toys ever do. super filthy, and it's just, it's real <laughs> crazy. What a one of our listeners, Butter Spider, turned us onto that, I remember. And I still haven't forgiven him, but I still look at it. It's, <laughs> but more of that's coming. So I love seeing series like that get a second shot and get and do more. It's not just a flash in the pan. So I like seeing more. They can expand their little world and what they're doing. That's cool. Another film I'm looking forward to, that Encanto, that just came out the mm. other day. Look, so... Disney Animation Studios films have actually, like, lately been sort of hit or miss. Yeah, they have been. Not, really. not, not, I'm sorry, they're not miss. They're not 99% films that they always were. Yeah. They're okay. They're, they're yeah, good. They're fine. <laughs> but this one, even though I wasn't super excited about it, I looked and it has a 92% Rotten Tomatoes with a 94% wow. audience review score. Oh, and I'm really like, good. well, maybe I should pay more attention to yeah, this really. one. And it looks good. It looks gorgeous. But often, you know, I don't know what it is about the latest Disney Animation films. I mean, they're getting faster and they're not as whatever it is, but I'm excited about this one, even though I wasn't up until the other day when I noticed. So uh, and the, and the biggest thing I'm looking forward to, uh, one of our listeners, Marcus, dropped on my plate and said, you should know about this. And I'm like, I had no idea. I'm ready <laughs> on a history channel starting November 28th. The Toys That Built America. You remember the Toys That Made Us series yeah. over on Netflix? Uh, Netflix yes, it's yes. a lot like that, but a different angle, more from the historical standpoint. They're covering a lot of the same topics, your Barbies and your Legos, but digging into the history of how they got their names and things like that. But that's what Toys are Made us yeah. did. Do you not want more of that? I do. I mean, I don't mind more <laughs> of it, but I like it from the original creators. It, this feels like a ripoff. This feels like I'm getting mm. Deep Impact versus Armageddon. It feels like it's the same thing, just told in a different way. And one of them is going to be lesser. It might be, but I'm ready to find out because okay. I enjoyed those so much. And it looks like the Toys that Made Us people have gone on to do movies that made us and mm-hmm. shows that made right. us. Right, right. or whatever they're not going back to the toys they did a couple seasons of that here's somebody like history picking up the baton and 
saying we'll move forward with the series and do more with it. Well, yeah, just but don't do the same thing. You said they're doing the same topics. I, I saw those in the headlines. I don't know if it's an entire mm. episode about it. I really don't know. In fact, what I do know is I saw that the, the topic about Lego was like a company based on a tragedy. I'm like, well, what's that about? What's the history? So I think there might be going more in the historical. Look, look, it, it can't just be the Hitler channel all the time. History has to cover some <laughs> other topics that are of interest. So now we're going to the history of Legos, not just World War II. Oh, so. man. So is it a series, like a season? They're doing it is. It? It's, it's a series. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's right around the corner. By the time this show drops, it'll be out now. Uh, for us, it's a few couple days in the future, November 28th on history. So, all yeah. right. Cool. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It could be good. Nice. Uh, well, I don't know. Was it Cowboy Bebop? We're not sure. And you know, that turned out okay. So maybe this will be all right. That's right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That is going to wind it up for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular show, but next week is our backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. This time around, we are looking to see some Adam West, Burt Ward fun in the Batman 66 TV series. Pow! Biff! Blam! Ouch! That was actually wonderful, I think. This is a show, though it came out in 66, it was a staple of Gen X childhood to come home and watch those shows in reruns. They were so colorful and vivid and unlike anything else we had seen on television at the time, or maybe since even. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Best walking up the building segments ever. Always. Crazy guest stars coming out of the windows. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to dive into all of that, talking about Batman 66 on the next Backtrack. We hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, though, it's you we all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Now, you said you got two games. What's the second one that you got? Uh, Well, I'm glad you asked because I didn't fucking remember. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you asked. <laughs> he, he was ready to gloss right over it. I was. I was trying to push that through. <laughs> Hi, this is comedian and writer. And let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.